Welcome on in. Welcome back to the first round fantasy podcast. Uh, your home for second round advice. I am your host today, Jacob Bartley, joined by Justin Morsaz. Uh, we are going to be doing a mock draft today, a redraft mock draft. We did a dynasty startup mock draft um, a couple months ago. So now that we are in August, we are in official redraft season. Football's here. There's a preseason game this week. Doesn't isn't that crazy, Justin? It's uh, it's exciting, man. It, I, I'm happy that it's almost almost here. I can't wait, honestly. It's yeah, all, I, I'm not. I hate to say it, but I'm sure if you're listening to this, you feel the same. But I just can't stop thinking and waiting for the season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. It's so weird because we it approached so fast to me because like. We were doing all this off-season stuff, right? And it seemed so far away. I was like, it's going to take forever to get to football season. And then we kind of like took July off a little bit, and all of a sudden, it's here. And I'm like, whoa, that was fast. Yeah, I mean, you know, football, it's a second season in the off-season. Big things happen. Exactly, especially for fantasy, because you can analyze everything that happens in, in a, and how it applies to fantasy. So it's kind of cool. It's like... It's never ending for sure. Um, yeah, so we are going to be doing a redraft mock draft here in a minute. I do want to say we kind of took a little bit of a breakish over July just because it's kind of the dead month uh, for football because it's after the draft. It's before camp, so before preseason. So probably we'll do that most years. But uh, also we, for the month of August, we'll probably do uh, one a week. And we'll do we'll cover major news and we'll do something like uh, some main topic like a mock draft or rankings or something like that. And then once we get into September, first week of September, we'll really dive into it, get back to like the two episodes a week, uh, the all the waiver wire pickups, all that stuff. We'll get right back to that. Um, but before we get to our mock draft, I do want to talk about one major, major thing. And it's tough because. There's so much little minor, you know, camp news that we could talk about. There's a ton of things, right? But none of them are really definitive. Like, there's th- guys are banged up, nicked, banged up a little bit, but there's not much we can tell you about that. But there is one big major team that we can cover, and that is the Indianapolis Colts with Carson Wentz going down with a foot injury. Uh, apparently, an injury he's had since high school is what I've heard, and he is he elected to get surgery and that's going to put him out 5 to 12 weeks another thing to consider for some reason Quentin Nelson the amazing guard offensive lineman who per- makes this team so great protects the quarterback opens up lanes for the running back Quentin Nelson first had the same injury and is also out 5 to 12 weeks which is very very weird i don't know how that's even possible but uh Justin, first off, where do you, how are you thinking about Wentz, man? I know you're not really eyeing him in a one QB redraft league, but how does how do you look at the Wentz situation? How does it affect Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman, T.Y. Hilton, guys like that? I mean, I, I wasn't planning on drafting him to be a starting quarterback by any means, of course, but he would be an amazing waiver filler and might supplement an injury that you might unexpectedly have, but Overall, it sucks because we saw the Colts. They were really, really good, and they had such a crutch with Rivers. And you're like, all right, Wentz, you know, 
He's had his down moments these past couple of seasons, but it's got to be better. It's promising. It's a good team. And this is just a pretty bad shot. So I think it hurts Jonathan Taylor. It just hurts everybody. It's going to be less of a team just because their quarterback play is going to be pretty rough. And the thing I'm most sad about is Pittman's production is probably going to drop mm. a bit. And, you know, me as a dynasty both, manager as well. Yeah, yeah it's, <laughs> it's just like I've been on Pittman just as long as you. So it was happy to see like a better throwing quarterback come his way. And this is just pretty annoying to see. So hopefully they work it out. But it's there's I can't take any positive from this. It's just sad news for the Colts. Yeah. Regarding the Pittman thing, I'm sure. You can attest to how many times have I tried to trade for him? <laughs> for I like I, I've tried to get him, and I there's probably a way to get him, but I have to I'd have to overpay. But uh, I I agree, man. It's like I don't think it automatically kills all these guys for fantasy, but it definitely lowers the pass catchers a hundred percent. It lowers like it it t- you got to temper your excitement for Michael Pittman, even though I still believe in the talent. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, but obviously if you have a Carson Wentz in there, who's playing well, he's going to perform better than whoever's going to step in, whether it's a rookie or whether they go get Nick Foles or whatever. The interesting thing is also, I don't know if you're familiar with Quentin Nelson, but he's like an amazing, amazing offensive lineman. And he, he's also out for five to 12 weeks. So with the Wentz thing and the Quentin Nelson thing, a lot of people are really worried about Jonathan Taylor. So, Prior to this news, Jonathan Taylor was going like this, basically the sixth pick of a 12 team league, right? In the first round. So, do you, where, like, does he still stay in that spot to you if you were to draft him in the first round? Or does he go to the end of the first round, second round? What are you thinking with JT? I mean, if I had to buckle him up with people like he's probably below Ezekiel, probably below Barkley, and just below Jones and probably in that, do I go Eckler or do I go Taylor? Do I go Chubb or do I go Taylor? I think it kind of puts puts him at the bottom of that list now, but still keeps him at the upper tier list. He's still he's still going to be good, but, you know, look at Zeke. That whole team went in shambles starting with the offensive line. And even if you, if you were a Zeke owner and you saw that he was putting up numbers, you saw that they were inflated via PPR rather than his big rushes and touchdowns. So yeah. offensive line is a real thing. So it's going to hurt when you lose big names. So uh, I still will like him, but I won't be reaching anymore probably. Yeah. So, and that's all after this news, right? So where'd you have him before that? Did you have him around that sixth pick in the first round? Uh, yeah, I was, I personally would contemplate maybe taking him over someone like Saquon, even though Saquon had that amazing year. It's just, I don't like the injury potential and I haven't seen it lately. Uh, if you ask me Zeke or Taylor, I'd still lean to Zeke, but Eckler Taylor, I still would take Taylor, but now I'd probably change my mind. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I mean, I think especially and mainly we're generally talking redraft whenever we if we if unless we say in dynasty blah 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 then we're talking redraft but for me for dynasty his outlook doesn't change much because look you know maybe he went from rb5 to rb10 this year right but for dynasty i think it's it's going the outlook's going to be the same cuz i who knows how long Carson Wentz would have been his quarterback in either way so I still really, really like him in Dynasty as as a top first round pick. Uh, yeah, I basically agree, man. It you gotta. I think you lower the pass catchers more, um, and 
Taylor definitely drops a few pegs, but not too much in my opinion. All right, so let's get to this 10-team mock draft, and I'll go ahead and explain a little bit some of the settings here. I'm going to zoom in a little bit. Uh, so we we did 10-team mostly because, well, two reasons. We play – most of our home leagues are 10-team leagues. So when we play with our buddies, like all of our drafts coming up, most of them are 10-team leagues. So it's more like closer to what we actually do. But also, Justin and I were talking like – the standard for analyst leagues and like people who've been playing fantasy for a long time is, has become 12 team leagues because it kind of, it stretches out the rosters and it, it makes you have to work a little bit harder because you have to, you're deciding between lesser players, right. And setting them in your lineups. But I think casual fantasy football players are more playing like eight and 10 team leagues. So I think, this is more helpful for a casual fantasy football player to uh, to kind of watch a an analysis of a 10-team mock draft as opposed to like a 12 or 14-team. Um, of course, this is PPR, um, always PPR, maybe half PPR, but this specific draft is PPR and it's one quarterback. Um, and also, we have a quarterback, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex, we're not doing kicker or defense because those would be our last two picks anyway. Uh, and that's basically it. Um, so if, if you're ready, Justin, we can go ahead and get started. I want to, I, I want to go over one thing and I love your yeah, opinion of course. on this and it's, it's for the listeners as much as for me, because I, I approach fantasy different than other people. I sometimes trust my gut and sometimes I'm just a ranking slave, you know? So I want to know your opinion. If it, are you, uh, I have to check the rankings before I do a trade. I have to check the rankings before I make a draft pick because for me, I love it as a reference, but sometimes like, you know, I don't call myself this, but other people call me the wide receiver guru and (laughs) Allen Robinson hits, you know, stuff like that. That was gut. That was, I know this player. I like this player. The rankings don't supplement this pick for him, but I believe that it's a good pick. So I want to know in your opinion, are you cross-referencing multiple sites how do you treat the rankings? So that is a great question. And like, that's something I think about a lot. Uh, so I'll tell you what I, I mainly go with my gut calls for the most part, but I do use the rankings as a reference and I kind of use them as a reference to make sure I'm not like missing anything. So for example, I, I might not be too high on a guy, right? Um, Let's say, I don't know, let's just use it as an example, Austin Eckler, right? This is not true, but let's just say I'm low on Austin Eckler. I feel like he's a third-round guy. But then I look at the rankings, and they have him going 12th overall in a redraft. And I'm like, wait a minute. Maybe if I'm not seeing something, let me reevaluate this. And I'm like, okay, maybe I Austin Eckler's not a third-round pick. Maybe he's more of a mid-second-round pick. But maybe I'm not as high as 12th overall, you know? So I use them as a reference, but I don't, like, let it dictate my decision-making. So I'm not sitting there with the rankings and saying, Oh, wow. I really think Zeke's going to be better than Jonathan Taylor, but they have, they have Jonathan Taylor ranked higher than Zeke. So I have to take Taylor. Like, I don't, I don't let it dictate my decision that way. And yeah, so that's kind of how I see it. I like that. And one thing I hate to give my secrets away, but that's what we're here for. Right. But like, <laughs> yeah. I, I love 
I love rankings because I know other people are going to use rankings. So, for example, in a lot of rankings, mm. I, see, I see McLaurin is going below Allen and uh, Keenan Allen and Metcalf. Not, not saying that you just got to look for the right thing. So it's like planning your draft ahead. It's like, do I have to reach in the second to grab Terry or is he actually going to fall to the third? You know what I mean? That's so, a great point. I like to use the rankings to adjust how I can do my draft strategy and also for trade bait, because if you're not high on a guy, like I'll be honest, they have Keenan Allen as a tier two type, the rankings I'm looking at, and they have people like McLaurin and Chris Godwin. Why not draft the Keenan, go to the McLaurin owner and squeeze just a little more value off that trade when you rather have McLaurin anyways, you know what I mean? So that's how I mainly treat the rankings for myself. No, that's a great point. Also that we didn't talk about until now is that like the rankings are kind of your reference for other people as well, because they're going to look at the rankings and you can always, if you're trade negotiating, you could be like, look, they have Keenan Allen higher than Terry McLaurin. So let me get a little bit more on top in that trade. So it is definitely a reference point. And I can't tell you how many times me and Joe, uh, your brother have like, gotten in debates and we just point because we our opinions are our opinions right like we can't make each other think you know we can't change each other's opinions but one thing we can do is like look at the rankings they have this guy higher so they're they're useful but like i think basically the lesson here is don't treat them as the end all be all don't use them to like make all your decision making form your own opinion but use them as a reference basically cool cool good good to have that clarification Awesome. Awesome. And that might, uh, and good thing you brought that up because that might play into effect right now. Cause people might be like, wait, you're taking this guy, but it's because you're, you're higher on him. So with all that being said, let's jump into this draft. Um, so we have those starting spots that I mentioned, and then we're going to have six bench spots just so you know, Justin. So we'll go ahead and get started here. And since this will eventually make audio form, I will go ahead and do my best to keep up with naming the order of the draft. And we're starting All right. one QB, two running back, two wide receiver, yeah. one tight end, and two flex. Okay. Two flex, correct. We always play two flex in our league. So, of course, this is a one-quarterback league, league redraft. We have McCaffrey, number one, Dalvin Cook, number two, Alvin Kamara, number three. That's pretty – like, I, I don't disagree with that order necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and we got Justin on the clock at number – oh, and by the way, Justin's choosing number four, and I'm choosing number ten, and this is a snake draft. Uh, number four is a lot of nice names still, obviously. I I never ha have had this player on my team. I've always wanted, and I think they're going for the win. So I'll go with Derrick Henry at the four spot. Yeah, that is a – I mean, I the with the first three going off the board, right, the only argument I would maybe make is Derrick Henry over Alvin Kamara because the quarterback situation is still a little unknown, and there was some inconsistency with Taysom Hill last year with Alvin Kamara – so I wouldn't argue against Derrick Henry over Kamara. So that's a great pick for you, Justin. Definitely. Yeah, I wanted to go uh, fourth to avoid because the top three is kind of a consensus. So I wanted to be stuck with a predicament, but I agree with what you said. Yeah. And part of mock drafting is uh, figuring out like your strategy. So when we do our home league, uh, the Beer Drinkers Unite, like I, maybe I want the 10th pick. So this is my kind of testing ground, right? I really like the 10th pick because you get two top 11 players or Whatever, if you're in a 12-team, you get the last pick, you get two top 13 players. So I really like that. But you're right. You don't get the big dog uh, running back necessarily unless somebody falls to you. 
So that is the risky thing. But the way this is shaking out, so Justin took Derrick Henry at number four, then went Jonathan Taylor, Tyreek Hill, Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, and I am on the clock. And I'll tell you what, I will take Ezekiel Elliott in this spot. I can't believe that he fell to me at number 10. People are sleeping on him. He is, out of everybody left, he's the last big workhorse. Like, a lot of people have him over Jonathan Taylor. So most people, from what I'm analyzing, is that he would go after Derrick Henry in this spot. So for him to fall to number 10 for me, and look, these I don't know what these computers, how they're evaluating it, but I'll gladly take Ezekiel Elliott at the number 10 spot. And I hope that happens in, in real drafts because that would be a, an amazing uh, pick. And to me, what I have to do here is I have to take Travis Kelsey because hmm. if you've been paying attention to the industry lately, a lot of people have pegged Travis Kelsey as a first-round pick. And typically having him go near the end of the first round, middle first round, around Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams – those kind of players. So for me to start my draft with Ezekiel Elliott, my workhorse running back, and then Travis Kelsey, that tight end advantage over everybody, I'm very, very happy with that. So after Travis Kelsey, we had Stefan Diggs, DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Hopkins, and now Justin is on the clock with the 207. What's interesting is the computer took Metcalf over and Diggs over Adams, which is pretty surprising to me. And it's not that I'm expecting to see that in a real league because I think Adams is consensus one, especially with that whole last dance about to pop off. Let's win one before Rodgers leaves type of feeling. I think he might. But I also know their strength of schedule as of now is considered difficult. So that's pretty unfortunate because I was eyeing a wide receiver here and the top four dogs left. The only thing I want to think about here is drafting Mahomes. It may be early for a Mahomes pick. But I've never had him, and the strength of having the best quarterback on your fantasy roster is insane. I've see, I've just lost matches straight up because I well, went. It is, that and big dog if you remember Mahomes. last year, I had him, and I, we'd go into a Monday night game, and I'm down fifty, and I had him and Clyde Edwards-Helaire, and I'm like, I could win this game because you have Mahomes and, and one other player trying to get fifty. It's possible, so you always have that advantage. But it's tough to take him that early. I just know he's not going to come around again, but this is a hard spot. Ooh, if also, you were to get him in the third round, that'd be great. Yeah, I, I'll go with a little reach. I, I don't want to – if Michael Thomas didn't have problems, I would have gone Michael Thomas probably there, but yeah, I'll come around. Oh, dude, Mahomes went right after you. So, all right, so Justin took A.J. Brown, and by the way – you know, when you listen to our podcast, you'll realize some of us have certain favorite players. AJ Brown is one of Justin's favorite players. And oh thank goodness he's he was on the dynasty team that I asked you to take over because I'm probably I'm sure that influenced it a I little hope. bit there. <laughs> um, so he took AJ Brown. So you got the Titan stack here. You got Derrick Henry and AJ Brown, very efficient offense. So if they're firing on all cylinders, you'll your team will be looking good. Uh, yeah. So we got so after AJ Brown went Mahomes, which is crazy. Uh, then you have Najee Harris at the two hundred nine, Justin Jefferson at two ten, Joe Mixon, J.K. Dobbins, Darren Waller. So you're on the clock again, Justin, with the three hundred four. You got like, your wide receiver. You got your running back. What are you thinking? I like another running back here because fortunately at the four spot, given this draft, usually in the third round. 
that second running back is pretty low tier. But right now I'm seeing Antonio Gibson, Swift, Clyde, Josh Jacobs, Sanders. I, I like I like a couple of these guys. So I think I'm gonna I liked them last year. I tried getting them a bunch. I'm gonna go with Antonio Gibson. I just like what this uh Washington is doing, so I want to get some action there. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, that's a great pick because you're trying to look after this third round, there the running backs are gonna be slim. So you gotta shore up that those two running backs, and there's a ton of wide receivers to take. So what I'm noticing with this sleeper uh, mock draft is I don't think ADP has caught up with certain situations. For example, I think Adams should have went higher. I don't think ADP has cooked in yet that Rodgers is for sure back. Also, Michael Thomas probably should go like in the sixth round or later because uh, that's a completely iffy situation. So anyways, so after Justin took Gibson, we had Ridley. Uh, Keenan Allen, Michael Thomas, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, George Kittle, and now I'm back on the clock. So I got my running back and my tight end. So let's see what we can do here. So this is why I love the 10th spot because now I'm like, okay, even if I – I'm going to come away with a running back no matter what here in one of these picks because I after that I'm not going to – there's going to be nobody left. So I know for sure I can lock up a running back, but it's that other pick that – has me uh, wondering what I should do here. Hmm. Okay. So, and there's not a running back I love, to be honest. But I'm going to go with uh, Terry McLaurin here. I don't have a wide receiver yet. I I do think Terry McLaurin has, like, top five upside, to be honest. I'm not saying he's going to get there, but there's certain guys that, you could, if they end up in the top five, you're you're not going to be completely shocked. And Terry McLaurin is one of those guys to me. So I go Zeke, Kelsey, McLaurin, and then I get my next pick. I'm feeling pretty good about that. But man, I don't love these running backs. See, even you know after Clyde goes, it's really rough because Swift is in a terrible situation. Jacobs is in a terrible situation. Miles Sanders, we've been there, done that. We don't trust this guy. This is very very tough. But you know what? I Look, I'm going to, you know, plant my flag, and I've been singing this tune all summer long, and this dude is so underrated. Give me David Montgomery in the fourth round. Look, he's not the most efficient guy, but it's all about volume. And Tariq Cohen is not healthy to start the year. They don't know when he's going to be back. One of the main reasons David Montgomery succeeded last year is because he got a lot of work in the pass catching game while Terry Cohn was out for the year. And a lot of people have used that as an argument against David Montgomery, but now Terry Cohen's out to start the year. So, and you have Damian Williams there. I honestly think, I think David Montgomery should be a third round pick, to be honest. Like, I think he's so underrated. And like, if we are like planting flags on guys that we really believe in, David Montgomery is one of those guys. So I feel really good about this. Yeah, I'll comment on that, but just to know Montgomery, Chris Carson, Swift, Jacobs, Allen Robinson, Julio Jones, and now it's on me. The thing about David Montgomery is that last stretch really saved his whole outlook because before that, no one really wanted any action, but his promotion was saying, hey, you got to have me on your roster. And a lot. And you know what? I'm surprised he's not going higher, to be honest. He's just not a sexy pick, people. Yeah, that's what it is. It's not something you want on your team, but I don't think you'll be upset if he is on your team type of – I have a tough spot right here because I drafted two running backs, but I did not expect Miles Sanders to be left on the board in the fourth round. 
But I also have a guy in mind that if I don't grab, I'm not going to be happy given the spot where he's at. So I'm going to go Josh Allen because I want an elite quarterbacks. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. Look, you were thinking about Mahomes in the second to get Allen in the fourth. I'm not yeah. hate because he could he could finish higher than Mahomes. Like that's definitely possible. So yeah, it's I, a real I don't hate that. The reason I went him over Murray is because I'm not in love with with overall what's going on in Arizona. I don't I love Murray as a talent, but Josh Allen has just proven to me to be that notch higher. He's almost in the I don't know maybe second best QB in the league un, undisputably. It's hard to say, but I'm I'm putting my hedge on him right there behind Mahomes. So Absolutely. And I mean, people can make the case for Aaron Rodgers for, as that second best QB, but I think when you're talking about fantasy, you want that rushing upside and those rushing touchdowns. And by the way, I made the picks two minutes long, so we had time to talk in between picks. Otherwise, it's normally – I know. Normally they wouldn't be two minutes long. But yeah. uh, so after Justin took Josh Allen, we had Miles Sanders come off the board, Mike Evans, Kyler Murray, Daryl Henderson. Looks like his ADP is catching up. Uh, CD Lamb at the 502 and then Cooper Cup at the 503. So we got Justin back on the wow. clock at 504. You know, 10 out of 10, I want a wide receiver here after going two running backs, QB and one wide receiver. But I'm not in love with Cooper, Godwin, uh, Moore, Woods. Chase is the upside, but oof, this is um, – I usually don't feel like this about wide receivers. So, oh, man, this is interesting. I guess I'll, I'm going to go splash style. I'm going to go splash style <laughs> and go Kyle Pitts. I know that's probably early, but I don't have a tight end. And after him, I don't want to do this anymore. So I go Kyle Pitts over my other pick who you might oh, – did he go? Oh, he went Jamar Chase right after. I was gonna go Pitts or Chase. Wow, you know what's funny? Every time you mention a guy that you wanted, he goes right after your pick. Yeah, this is the problem. This is the problem. You gotta wow. make some. This is legit. I mean, it sounds stupid, but it's legit season altering. You gotta make these calls. Yeah. So I and it kind, it's kind of what happens, right? Like you're, you're like, no way the guy you, the second guy you want is gonna make it back to you. You know? Yeah, there's no way. I just went Pitts because the tight end scenario is pretty lame after he goes. So I just, you know, Julio's gone. The upside's there. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't hate that. I think he is going in the fifth round in most leagues. So, so that makes sense. So yeah, Jamar Chase, Chris Godwin, Mark Andrews, Amari Cooper, then Travis Etienne, and now I'm back on the clock. So. Looking at my team, I have, you know, all my positions. At least I have one player at each position. So I'm, I'm kind of wondering what I can do here. And look, most of the elite quarterbacks are off the board. How much time I have left, Justin? 45 seconds. Okay. Man, this is making me realize that after the fourth round, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. You know, it's kind of... There's like a lot of guys that have question marks. I think you're sleeping right now, in my opinion. Yeah, it's tough, man. I I think, I mean, I think I got to come away with an uh, an elite quarterback here because they're they're kind of flying off the board. And I know he's a little, has some question marks in preseason or right now, but I'm going to go with Dak Prescott because he's going to, like, if he can do what he did last year, Oh my goodness. And look, oh. you took Josh Allen like what 14 picks before me, and I ended up with Dak Prescott at the 5'10. 
what's I'm so, not hating that. What's so interesting is I was like, he should take a quarterback. If you don't like Lamar, I get it. If you don't like Wilson, I get it. Dax injury, I get it. Herbert's still there, and I, I don't, I could justify a Herbert pick right there if you're reaching for a quarterback. So I was gonna go Lamar, and I, I think Lamar is the safe pick because he's gonna have that rushing upside, right? And he has a floor with his rushing, but I think Dax's ceiling, <laughs> his, like his what he was on track for last year is insane. So if yeah. I can get some of that, if I can get 80% of that, I, I'd be so down for that. Hey, and then I think, you. yeah, again, I don't love the running backs here. Um, so I think I'm going to have to go a wide receiver. And I'm probably going to rock with DJ Moore. As my wide receiver, too, I'm not, I'm not hating that pick. Interesting, interesting. I like it. There's, you know, this is the time for depth. So not bad, not bad. Thielen went after that. Hunt, Woods, Russell, Lamar, and now back to yeah. me. So I um, knew those guys, none of those quarterbacks were going to make it back to me if I didn't take one of them with one of these picks. So I'm glad I took Dak. Yeah, that's a, I, I see it. I see it. Herbert's still there, but you know, that's, that's a chance that he might not be in a real draft. So for me, what I'm thinking is I have to go wide receivers now and, Lockett's there, Galladay, Deontay, Devontae, Ayuk. It's kind of hard right here. Uh, I want to grab someone that will make splash impact now. Oh, buddy. So DJ Moore's ADP on Fantasy Pros is pick 60, which – Well, that's – Is that where I took – is that 10, 20, 30, 40, 50? Yeah. Oh, but I basically took him at like 51. So I took him early, right? You did a little bit, but no one's blaming you. Oh, man. I really wanted Robert Woods to fall to me here, but he didn't because I like the Stafford edition. Oh, man. This is a really tough pick. There's a lot of nice names out here. Uh, okay. I guess I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett as my wide receiver, too, coming in the sixth. He has the upside that is really amazing so i'm not yeah mad about that i don't hate that and a lot of people talk about his inconsistency but i heard somebody else saying that like look you can't have all safe floor guys on your team you have to have a mixture of safe floor and high high upside and a guy who can blow up for 40 points any week and win you that matchup so i don't hate tyler lockett there in the sixth round so now now that i'm realizing how this is going so why don't after so when you're on the clock, I'll read the the draft or like who was picked. And then when I'm on the clock, you read who was picked. So sure. after Lockett, that gives us time to do some like look around and decide who we're going to pick. So after Lockett went Gaskin, Galladay, Javante Williams, Deontay Johnson, James Robinson, and Brandon Ayuk. Mm -hmm. uh, this, is, this is the pivotal part of a draft for me because the beginning picks are kind of obvious. This is where – it makes or break your season for me. So mm -hmm. I want to pick guys that fit two criteria. Either they're boom, boom, boom potential, similar to a locket, or they're ones that are kind of like, I know what I'm getting floor. I, I know it sounds odd, but I don't want to get people like Odell Beckham, which is kind of a mystery to me. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. staying away from that, in my opinion. And oh, this is an interesting pick. Uh, to tell you what I'm thinking, I'm going DJ Shark. Or I'm going Juju Smith. Is he still there? Juju? I thought I saw him. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, Juju's there. I like Shark because the Lawrence might 
plug up. And I know Juju just signed a contract, but uh, that's too many mouths to feed over there. I'm going to go DJ Shark. And I went him over T. Higgins, too, similar to the issue with uh, Juju. Just a lot of mouths to feed in yeah. Cincinnati as well. I'm hoping yeah, Shark so, gets that bounce back. Yeah, so I was looking at it, and I was thinking, like, okay, if I didn't take Kelsey earlier, I wouldn't have been mad with taking TJ Hawkinson around this this pick, but he went shortly after you. Yeah. Um, so you went with Chark. Uh, so you're expecting big things with him and Lawrence, right? Uh, yeah, I, I, I want to believe that. Just it's a combination of uh, receivers available and then potential. So I could have went Higgins. I could have went Claypool, Juju. But this I'm a situation guy. This is where rankings don't run my life because I think Chark will do better with less mouths and a number one QB coming out of college. So that's my anticipation for it. Uh, to say what happened after Devonta Smith went, Hawkinson, as you said, Claypool, where left Juju still on the board, and Herbert followed by Higgins. Awesome. So I think you, you made a great point about like not letting rankings run your life because they kind of – do not they don't run your life but they matter more i think in the first two or three rounds because it's kind of the same top 30 guys going right but once you get to the fourth fifth sixth seventh round you kind of go with guys you like or guys that you really believe in um man this is this is a tough pick okay so oh, where'd he go where'd he go all right, so this might this is gonna be a reach to most. So I took Trey Sermon, but here here's the thing for me. I I fully believe that Trey Sermon is gonna be the starting running back for the 49ers. I, I really believe that. Look, Moster is is gonna come in. He I think he's gonna get banged up and because he, he does every year. And I think Trey Sermon is going to be the starting running back. And look, I have Zeke and David Montgomery, so I, I feel comfortable with those guys while I wait on Sermon to kind of uh, submit himself and take that job. And the reason why I took him is because I would love to take an ETN or a Javante Williams at this point. Right. But they're gone. And I do like Michael Carter, but I, I, I like Trey Sermon a lot more. I think I really, tr and I know I'm a Niners fan. So there's a, a little bit of homerism, but I truly believe he has RB one upside. So I, I'm not, I'm happy with that pick to be honest. And honestly, I do this a lot. This is how I play, and I want to stick true to that when we're doing mock drafts. I'm going to load up with both of these guys, mm. Trey Sermon and uh, Raheem Mostert, mm -hmm. so that way I have a for sure starting running back. So I, I actually, and Justin can attest to this, I actually do that a lot in drafts. Like last year, I took Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in, in our home league, and so I think this is true to me. To me, uh, I basically just guaranteed myself a starting running back with I, those I, two picks. I see, and I'm happy you do it because I will never, ever do that in my life. In my draft strategy, I think Hunt and Chubb are an exception, but you just, in my eyes, wasted two mid-rounds to sure up one. So I rather, I stay away from split backfields as much as possible. So it's hard to do. It's as every well, year goes on. There's more split backfields than not. No, that's what know? I'm saying. It gets harder yeah. and harder to do that, but. If that's your outlook and you're a Niner, you got to have fun too. If you don't like your fantasy team, then what's the point of playing? You know what I mean? So uh, I like the fact that if you're a Niner fan and you believe in it, then get them both so you're shirt up on that. But after that, Rodgers went, Gordon, Lawrence, Edmonds, Mike Davis, and 
Uh, Juju's still on the board, but yeah, really you, wanted, you thought about him a while ago too. I really wanted Edmonds to fall to me because usually I'm a wide receiver guy like this, but it pays to have a third running back that can become a second or even first because Chase showed some flashes last year, but I think the Connor being there throws it off, but I don't think as much as people are going to do think so. With this, I just got to go with, in my mind, the best player available, fill in a flex spot, and I'll grab Juju. Yeah, I mean, you were thinking about him around previous, so uh, how can you hit on that pick? Yeah. So then Beckham went, Noah, Font, Fournette, Sutton, which could have a nice bounce back. I really do like him as a late-round pick. And then over Judy. Brady, and, and then Judy down. goes. That's interesting. Judy and Sutton, two picks apart. That is very yeah. interesting. It is. It is. So I'm stuck with four wide receivers and two halfbacks. So I'm definitely looking to score a running back here. But if the pickings are slim, I might have to pass. Mm, this is hard. Where's see, David that's, Johnson at? Houston still. That's why I took Sermon and Mostert. It's because I didn't love any of the running backs singularly that were left. You know? Yeah. So, like, I – you. You know, the Niners run so much. So, like, that – I think – I don't think it was a bad move for me. Mm -mm. It's, I'm just pointing out that it's kind of against what I do, but it's not bad by any means. Oh, man, this is difficult. This has to be a running back pick because there's nothing left after this. Wow. Oh, man. I guess <laughs> I don't like anybody, so let's go <laughs> with rookie upside. Yeah. Mr. Carter. I, I, honestly, I probably would have would have taken him if if he would have got to me because, who knows, man? You know, we I know there's a lot of guys there, but I think he's going to take the job, and especially in the passing game for sure. Um. So so yeah. After that, we had Waddle, Debo, who I had Debo on my freaking uh my queue, uh Jarvis Jarvis Landry, Ronald Jones, Robbie Anderson, and now I'm on the clock. So I have my two wide receivers. Or yeah, and then my, I guess I can call it three running backs, but really four. I got my tight end and my quarterback, so my team's pretty balanced. So I can just go best player available. Um, but like you said, are there any running back steals around? Because you kind of want to get in on that before they're all gone. And this is also one cuff territory. Yeah, it definitely is, and that's basically what I did. But. Man, I kind of wish I would have waited on tight end and quarterback because there's still a lot of guys that I like. Um, I agree with quarterback, but tight end, don't do it to yourself. Well, I wish I, – I, I would have been happy with Hawkinson a few rounds earlier. I agree. I did forget about Hawkinson. I would draft him fourth over Andrews. So I'm going to go ahead and take Damian Harris here with this first Ooh. pick. I, I think – look, I New England running backs are deadly. Like they can <laughs> – we, we've struggled with them so much over the years. But – I do think there's a chance, and we saw it last year, some flashes of this guy being the lead running back there. And there's always a chance, you know, maybe Sony Michelle gets cut or something. But, and I know Cam Newton, you know, takes the goal line looks, but what if Mac Jones takes over that job? I think Damon Harris' outlook looks a lot better. And I, I want a running back who's going to get touches. And I, I feel very comfortable that he's going to at least get like 10 to 15 touches every game. So I'm happy with that. I'll go ahead and rock with one more running back before there's literally nobody left. Um, so I've definitely got to be looking at my wide receivers here now. 
And I would have loved Debo here. Oh, David Johnson's still there if you were looking for him. No, I just wanted to know where he's at. I don't want him on my team at all. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, okay. I don't want to rely too much on rookies. There's a couple rookie wide receivers I like, but I'm going to go with the safe Tyler Boyd. I think, look, he doesn't get injured. He's a PPR monster. I know we got Jamar Chase there, but I, I just think Tyler Boyd has a, is very safe. And if you're looking for some upside wide receivers that can just, you know, that you can throw it. Like I feel comfortable starting Boyd in one of my flex spots every week. Honestly, mm -hmm. I, I feel very comfortable with that. So after I took Boyd, we had James Connor, Dallas Goddard, Kenyon Drake, Curtis Samuel, Mike Gesicki. So we're in the 10th round. Mike Gesicki was the 1006 and Justin's on the clock at 1007. Boyd is, is extreme value in the 10th round. I love that. I love that pick. So yeah. right here, I filled out all my, all my spots and I have two ideas depth for security or trade bait and i know this might not happen but i'm looking right now at the trade bait out there such as aj dylan and if i grab him before the jones owner got him then the leverage i have on that for a trade potential is enormous and the upside of me just keeping dylan on a jones injury is even bigger so i don't see anyone that if i draft it's going to be like Oh, that's a home run. That's definitely going to make my team better. No, I drafted my starting lineup. I'm drafting potential now. So I'm going to go AJ Dillon for the potential slash trade bait. Yeah, that is a, and it's not even just that. Like he, he's the second guy there and look at what Jamal Williams did. Uh, he was still a flex option. So if Dylan's going to, I think Jones will be the pass catcher, but if Dylan can come on and, and imagine when they're up, they're going to have Dylan eat clocks. So I, I don't hate that pick at all. And I know you and I are extremely high on Dylan. I'd love to have him in a dynasty league. Oh, but yeah. after that pick, we had Brandon Cooks, David Johnson, Jalen Hurts, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Tannehill, and Joe Burrow. Interesting Jalen Hurts wow. going there at 10. A lot of people have him going higher than that. Um, I'm wondering if the Devontae Smith injury concerns are, you know, bringing the ADP down a little bit. But Justin's on the clock at back on the clock at 11.04. You know, I was contemplating drafting a second quarterback, but again, with that trade idea in mind, but every team had drafted a quarterback. So although Hertz went late, Tannehill went late, Burrow went late, I'm not even sure if they did. I just think there are a lot of good quarterbacks. So that maybe that yeah. makes me reconsider the draft early for a Mahomes or Allen or Murray and just pick a QB in 10 through 12 and still get a stud. But I think the difference between Mahomes and Allen to Tannehill is kind of significant enough to draft that. So it's an interesting predicament. That's that's actually kind of good to think of. Um, over here, we just got some backup running backs left, huh? Basically, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you get to here, the, the running back pickings are slim. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I have two guys I love. I love, you know, the J.D. McKissick, but I also love the J.Will and – even though they said Swift is the guy over there, I like Jamal Williams' pass catching and as a backup. So insurance policy, Jamal Williams is coming in for me. Although, although I made a huge error because I'm a Gibson owner, so I should have regardless taken the McKissick pick. That was and my that is a perfect segue because to me, look, I already talked about it. I don't waste – and this is my personal – and look, I, I find – either you agree with me or you don't like, there's a lot of people that are 
kind of not in the middle. Like, so basically I do not waste roster spots on guys. I'm never going to start. I use roster spots to, for insurance policies, whether they're my own or other people's, or like you said, maybe you grab two stud quarterbacks to trade in the future. But to me, look, my big, I made a huge investment taking Zeke in the first round, right? What if Zeke is washed? What if Zeke gets injured? And who did we see last year flash and kill it? That is Tony Pollard. So I got to Wait, why can't I draft him? There we go. I'm not even sure. Maybe they even said that he's looking really good in preseason two or training. Yeah, so to me, even if I don't have Zeke, I like taking Pollard here. Just like you took A.J. Dillon, right? It's, It's a very similar pick. I And now, look, to me, now I can sleep at night. I don't have to ever worry. Like, look, it will suck if Zeke gets injured. But now I have a guy, Tony Pollard, so look, Zeke right now has Tony Pollard e- eating into his workload, right? If Zeke goes down, Tony Pollard's going to maybe have a bigger workload than Zeke had unless they bring in a veteran and go committee. So to me, that is priceless. And to get him to get my insurance policy in the 11th round, I absolutely love it. Um, so another, to me, not a necessarily sleeper. People are starting to catch on. But to me, I think this guy's going to be the number one wide receiver on his team. And he's a rookie, and I think he's going to do big things, and that is Rashad Bateman. I don't think he's going to be the number one target on the team. That's going to be Mark Andrews. But I do think he's going to – like we haven't seen Lamar um, kind of feed a consistent, usable fantasy wide receiver. And I think Rashad Bateman's going to be that dude. I I don't know much about him, but I just feel really good about it. Like there's a lot of – a lot of these rookie wide receivers, they're coming in with a lot of competition for targets. Mm-hmm. And one who wasn't was De- is Devontae Smith, and another one is Rashad Bateman. So I love that pick. Um, and after I took Rashad Bateman in the 12th round, we had Marquise Brown, ironically, go right after him. Uh, Antonio Brown, which I think that's a great pick in the 12th round. I think he's a little bit of a sleeper there. Devin Singletary, Deshaun Watson, interesting. And then Gus Edwards, another – I really like Gus Edwards as another handcuff or insurance back to throw on your roster. Um, yeah. And we got Justin back at the 1207. Um, I guess he's still there. So technically I should go JD McKissick, but I still want to scour because I went three running backs in a row. So a wide receiver yeah. might be ideal, but I do have four wide receivers. So there's never too many running backs. So, wow. wow. What do you think about take having two tight ends like do you avoid it do you go for it or what do you feel about that i go two tight ends if i have to grab low end ones like do i go logan thomas or or uh tonian and it's yeah i'll just grab both of them one of them pops one of them pops you know but if i have pits i'm not hedging on pits i draft them in fourth round because i'm not thinking it's gonna be necessary yeah so i mean michael Pittman's still here but Oh God, the news really hurts. So I think he would have been off the board already if yeah. if the news didn't happen. So, like one of us would have taken him. Yeah, I'll go JD just to fill out and get my handcuff. So that's where I stand. Ooh, my whole <laughs> so I I've been creating a queue in between picks just so I know who to take, and uh-huh. my queue just emptied. <laughs> yeah, those were your guys, huh? Why would you be high on Mike Williams? How many chances do you have to give this guy? I look. I think I am high on him. I do think – I think this is – look, I've been saying this is the last time I'm giving him a chance, man. Look, he's with Justin Herbert in the second year. This guy 
look, he has the skill set. He just he just has to put it together. So I I was looking at Mike Williams, but after you took McKissick, we had Herb Smith, Will Fuller, Corey Davis. So I'll tell you what, I had Corey Davis in my queue. I had Michael yeah. Pittman in my queue. I had Mike Williams in my queue and Michael Gallup. So yeah. Davis, Pittman, Williams, Gallup, and yeah. Justin's back on the it's clock. Just, it's kind of impressive. I mean, we're in the 12th round and Corey Davis just got picked. Like, that's value. And he's the – honestly, to me, he's clearly the number – gonna. he's supposed to be the number one target there. Again, it's just not sexy, but I love it. I exactly, love it. Exactly, yeah. Fuller, too. I mean, these are great picks in the late rounds. So what I learned is basically – Running backs, of course, get stiff, but there's a lot of wide receivers out there. That's what um, I'm saying, dude. It's you can really wait on wide receiver if you yeah, have to. I'm gonna finish my draft by getting wide receivers. With that said, and here again, am I reaching for floor? I don't want floor. I want oh, this guy's a, a boom to the ceiling, and Henry Ruggs is that man for me. I like him. I like the speed. I like the flash. So. Maybe he'll have a better campaign rather than his rookie year. So it's a good shot in the dark for me. Yeah, you've been talking up Henry Ruggs a little bit. Like that's a that's not the first time you mentioned him on the podcast this offseason. Yeah, he just didn't I mean, rightfully so. He doesn't get a lot of love because he didn't do a lot, but I think he should do better. And he was the first wide receiver drafted in twenty twenty over all these other guys who were like who are just like wide receiver ones or twos now. This was a goat wide receiver class i'm not gonna lie there's great great wide receivers coming out from last year absolutely um so we saw hein naheem hines go kenneth gainwell man kenneth kenneth gainwell is getting a lot of hype i'm really i'm not sure about that uh hunter henry justin fields tyler higby okay so i'm back on the clock 13 10 we don't have too many picks left so now you're just kind of taking dart throws right you're you're trying to see what can stick and i gotta look at my team here this is your last two picks of the draft. Are they? Yeah, we end at 14. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So with that being said, look, Dak's a little injured. Um, and I so and we hear reports in camp that Trey Lance is challenging Jimmy G for the job. So I don't think this is a crazy pick. Uh, if something happens to Dak and we hear Trey Lance is taking that starting job. Uh, he has a lot of rushing upside. A lot of people think he's automatically a top ten fantasy QB when he steps in, just because he's gonna he's gonna run a lot. Um, so I don't mind taking a flyer on Trey Lance there. Let's see, I got okay, okay. You know what's what's interesting? Well, go ahead. I'll I'll explain during my pick. So I'll go ahead and take another uh, wide receiver flyer, and I. Look, I don't think this guy is going to be the number one on his team like Bateman, but I think he has high, high upside. And I'll I'll be the first – this will be the first time I say this, Justin, but you you remember I last yeah. year, and I don't want to glow or brag, but I did – you know I was high on Dustin Jefferson going into the year. I talked about it. I can pull video of it that I said after week three he's going to be – I said a flex, a solid flex option, but boy was yeah. I wrong. Yeah. Um, so my the guy that I'm choosing this year to emerge like that is Terrace Marshall Jr., the wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. I just think he's going to be big time. I think he's going to ball out this year, and then they're going to let Robbie Anderson walk. Not that this is a dynasty league, but I think his performance this year is going to lead to them letting Robbie Anderson walk. So if it's that good, I think it's going to be solid enough to be like a good flex option. So Terrace Marshall Jr. is my guy. 
I like it. I like it. And Mooney went, Moore went, Hardman, Lindsey, Mayfield. So the thing is, I wanted to justify grabbing a quarterback lastly over here, but I'm looking and it's like, I don't need to. There's so many good quarterbacks left on the board that if I get an injury or I need a buy, I'm okay with Matt Wright because it's true. Patrick. No, you're right. So well, I didn't have to nuts. take Trey Lance. I just like the upside of it. Yeah, so I'm going to stick to what I said and go wide receiver. And I got to go. This is easy. If he's here in the 14th round, which I'm almost positive in our leagues, he will never be given what happened. But I'm going Russell Gage. Julio's gone. Like This dude is bound to be useful. He was good when he had opportunities, so for him to fall this late, I I should have picked him over Rugs, but I just like Rugs. So, yeah, I mean, we saw up. Gage killing it with Julio on the on the field, so that's a great pick. That could be a a real a real sleeper, man, especially in you know these redraft leagues. Yeah. Um, all righty, so we are all done here. Um, so I want to do a couple things. I want to read off our rosters and maybe. Uh, give a little bit of analysis on them and then maybe see, is there any quarterback or computer teams, excuse me, that stand out to you real quick. Uh, so here, I'll go ahead and read off my team first or no, you go first, Justin, since you picked first. Sure. So starting at QB, I got Allen, two running backs to start Henry and Gibson, uh, two wide receivers, Brown and Lockett and tight end is Pitts, and the two flex I'd roll with would probably be Shark and Juju seem like my obvious flex. And then my bench sits with Carter, A.J. Dillon, Jamal Williams, J.D. McKissick, Henry Ruggs, and Russell Gage. Yep, that's... I like it. Song. I mean... Would I, you I be happy it, with this if it was your real team? I would, but that, that leads me into what my biggest point was. I don't think I've ever left a draft saying that this is the championship team. And I'm a huge trader. That's why. So... At this point, I want to seek trades, but I'm not upset. I'll be honest. I don't love it. I think I think I could have done a better job on wide receivers, but then the trade-off is I wouldn't have done as good on halfbacks, which I'm not in love with. So it's an interesting team for me, but I'd be okay with it. I think I'd be okay leaving the draft with this. Yeah, I mean, I, I like your team a lot. I mean, you got your studs, so – and you're going to – like you said, and we talk about this all the time, like – your team, your draft is just a starting point, right? It's not how your roster is going to end up. It, we're going to make trades. We're going to make waiver wire pickups. You kind of, you win your leagues with your late round flyer picks and your pickups and your trades. Like you don't necessarily win them in the first couple rounds. You can, you can lose them though. Um, all right. So my team. Real quick, real quick. Yeah. I think the reason I feel like this about my team is because I love wide receivers and I want, the top three i want the biggest and the baddest if i can and i'm actually seeing why didn't i get that but it's weird because i think that extreme upper echelon of wide receivers kind of degraded from the past two years and it's super middle middle up heavy kind of like you had michael thomas hopkins and uh adams and tyree kill just like absolute monsters the last couple of years mm -hmm. but this year i think tyree kill is still there Devontae might still Michael Thomas fell down a little bit. Hopkins fell down a little bit. I and think no Diggs one, is up there now. But does Diggs hit that Michael Thomas level of two years ago? He's close, but that's I think that's why, even if I drafted the Diggs, even I don't think there's any wide receiver that's gonna make me feel like that this year. But obviously they are upper, upper class wide receivers. But I hope that makes sense to you. No, for sure. And I get what you're saying. Like before 
Like these last couple of years, every time I look at your rosters, you have four like stud wide receivers, right? Like, and you're starting two in your flex. And I'm like, how did Justin end up with that? Like, it's because you're probably taking guys like Allen Robinson late. And even he probably should have went higher than the fourth round here. Uh, but like you said, it's going to be hard to end up with four stud wide receivers on your roster this year, it looks like. Um, yeah, and you, you know what also little, plays into it? I know you typically don't take a quarterback and a tight end in the fourth and fifth round. So no, that never. probably plays into it as well. You probably like maybe in a real draft, you probably would have went Allen Robinson and then maybe CD lamb or something. Right. And then you would have had, no, I mean, I, I wanted to change my strategy because I lost yeah. a couple of games, uh, not having For, the best quarterback. So if Allen's there, that's I just, true. this year, I promised myself to grab the upper quarterback if I can grab him, but definitely over pits, I would have liked to see like it. I would feel much better if I had Amari Cooper and TJ Hawkinson than if I yeah. had, Pitts and Juju Smith, you know, yeah. that's kind of you how could have waited for TJ. And I get what you're saying too. Like, that's the thing. Be, be open-minded and willing to adjust your strategies, right? Like Justin was just saying, he, he avoided taking quarterback and tight end this early f- for a lot of years, but you realize it was hurting you last year. And then I remember you made a trade for Darren Waller, right? Last year. And then oh, you were, so now I think that experience makes you value tight end a little bit more now. So you're like, okay, I would love to come away with the top four tight end. So Darren Waller changed my season, actually. Be willing to, yeah, and changed mine too because you beat me in the playoffs. But that's a that's another story. Is that the game um, you dropped fifty plus? He went monster. One of those. I don't know, but remember, it came down to a Monday night game, and like I had a kicker, and you had a defense, and I ended up oh losing. It was God. terrible. Was, it was awful. Was that real or beer? That was re oh that, that was beer. Girl. That was yeah, beer drinkers. Beer. I had Waller and beer. It yeah. was to go to the championship and it was it was stupid. But anyways, uh but yeah, but basically like be willing to adjust over the years. Like if you're like if you're a guy who's like, I take four running backs to start my draft no matter what, like be willing to, you know, veer away from that if the draft board, you know, changes that for you. Cause you you never really know what you're gonna do until the draft because you don't know how the draft's gonna fall. And I've gone in saying I'm going to take two running backs to start the draft. Even on this, I probably would have, but I didn't know Travis Kelsey was going to fall to the second round. So, so I'm happy with that. So my team, so my starting lineup would look like Dak Prescott at quarterback, Ezekiel Elliott, David Montgomery at running back, Terry McLaurin, DJ Moore at wide receiver, and I have Tyler Boyd in my flex, and then one of Sermon or Mostert in the other flex, uh, obviously Travis Kelsey at tight end. And then I have for my bench, I have high upside, some, uh, Tony Pollard, Rashad Bateman, Trey Lance, uh, Terrace Marshall. So I honestly, like if, after, if we left, we finished our draft and I'm looking at my team, I'm pretty good with this. I think it could have gone a little bit better. Um, it's also like when we're drafting our full focus is just on our picks, right? Right now we're podcasting and drafting at the same time. So I'm not, I don't love my team, but I honestly, I'd be happy to go to war with this team. I'd be totally happy to go to war with this team. Uh, But yeah, but so I typically, I veered away from what I normally do. I normally always go two running backs in the first two rounds. But like I said, if Kelsey's there, I'm taking him in the second round. Yeah. I like your team a lot. It has, it has nice balance. If I had to adjust, like if my target, going into the season after the draft for you would be 
to consolidate something and grab a wide receiver too, if that's possible. But that's also on the back that I don't necessarily like DJ Moore being my wide receiver too. If he's wide receiver three for me, amazing. If he's wide receiver two, I'm not feeling good. But that's just preference. That's how I roll, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, that's you the thing. My team? Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, I think the only thing I probably would have passed on Pitts mm. and I would have taken probably – it depends on what, what you need, but I would have been happy taking a CD Lamb or – That uh, Lamb went before. But I still. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. is that okay? My bad. So, oh, it's I'm looking at it. Chase Godwin or Cooper. Oh, so all right, all right. My, I'm looking at it the wrong way. So yeah, so that's tough. I mean, you could have went Chase. He has definitely has wide receiver one upside. Uh, Cooper, you could have went Amari Cooper. Yeah, that's tough. So I don't hate the Pitts pick, but you could have shored up that wide receivers, your wide receivers, and then waited on tight end. Maybe gotten Hawkinson a little bit later. Yeah, uh, I would try to package Lockett and Smith with either Carter Dillon for a wide receiver too, because I'm not happy with those as my wide receiver too. I would try to move up and ask the Keenan Allen guy or the McLaurin guy and see what else I can throw on if that's not going to get it. Yeah, so I – my probably my regret, I love Dak. I love having the upside of Dak, and if, like we talked about, his ceiling is endless – but I wish I would have waited on quarterback because there was a lot of quarterbacks that I would have been happy with later on in the draft. And I wish I would have – I mean, I think the draft went – oh, so it went this way, right? So I took Prescott, then more. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know who I would have taken over Dak, but I would have just liked to shore up my positional players a little bit more. Uh, that's um, the problem with the draft. You can't get everything done. You just got to do your best. Exactly, be right? Exactly. Um, so as far as the other teams, like team one is ridiculous. <laughs> I just looked. I just looked. I love That team is things. stacked. Like yeah. the first six rounds, even the first seven rounds. Oh, my goodness. They have, dude, that yeah, team they, they is stacked. So that them. makes me think that makes, look, I normally don't like having the number one pick, but. Oh, that makes me think I might want it this year. <laughs> I mean, the same sentiment rolls with one to ten. You get two back to back, and you, yeah, the thing is, with with being the number one pick, you have to really know your players because you're gonna get one shot at an upper echelon guy, and then they're all gone almost pretty much. Then your depth comes in immediately. But somehow he scored Justin Jefferson on the back end, followed by Mixon Murray. That's like really crazy. Yeah, and dude, the whole team are good picks. Maybe not Gronk in the eleventh, but the whole team is like I think people are sleeping on Fournette. I think he has a, he's a solid like third running, third or fourth running back on your team. So yeah, wow. On, I on think the I love. I think team two sucks a lot, like really bad. They well, they went three running backs to start, which is yeah. I guess if you have Galladay and and. Uh, and just, I guess, Galladay on your team. I'm not going to like it anymore. I love the <laughs> guy, but, man, I think it's done. Well, the thing for them, for this team, is, look, they went three running backs, which is never terrible. Like, they got three starting running backs. And then I'm cool with Mike Evans and CeeDee Lamb and Kenny Galladay as my three wide receivers. I don't know taking about taking James Robinson. Like, I love all of Team 1's picks except Rob Gronkowski. But team I don't – I it don't looks, like Team Two's picks after 
round six. For me, team two lacks ceiling. It's a floor team, it looks like. You know what I mean? I don't like that at all. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, team three has Kamara, Mahomes, Waller. Pencil that's not a bad winning. start. They're winning. Yeah, that's not a bad start there. Uh, team four is okay. Or team five is okay, I mean. <laughs> team four is great, Justin. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. <laughs> Trust me. Uh, yeah, this is tough. See, like, I don't, I don't want the sixth pick in the draft. I don't. I hate, I'm learning that I hate the middle. Look at six through eight, man. I don't like even six through nine. Oh, no, nine's team is good. Actually, I, like I don't mind team. six. Somehow drafting four out of four wide receivers. That looks like my draft, to be honest. They yep, got honestly. Allen, Robinson, Godwin, followed by Eckler. Yeah. Uh, and then they somehow managed to get a starting running back chase in the eighth. Like, Okay, I want to trade with that. That's my style right there. I like that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but, seven, but yeah, I don't. Well, I mean, every team, eight. every team has their two studs, right? But it just depends. Like Saquon's a little iffy, but Adams fell to them, so that's it's not bad. Yeah, I don't like eight at all, to be honest. It's just a yeah. weak team. Yeah, for sure. No, I. It's yeah, it's crazy, but I yeah, I like I like I'll, my team a lot more than teammate. I'm gonna sure. tell you this right here: whoever drafts Clyde is not gonna like their team. They're gonna be forced into drafting Clyde due to because he's like the last running back left. Yeah, like, but I I might yeah. even rather have Swift or Carson or Montgomery or Sanders. Just the the floor for the ceiling for a Chiefs running back is just weak. It's like almost worse than the Patriots. I think. Nah, I mean they're they're. I don't know stats. Prove me wrong. But to me, I don't like their running backs. No, I know what you mean. And that was obviously a disappointment last year. He was going in the first round, and then he was basically like an RB2. So, look, just think of Clyde as an RB2, right? So you don't want him to be – and, look, he has Chubb. So he he has his RB1. So I'm not hating this. But, uh, but yeah, I maybe Team 8 is probably the weakest team on here. Uh any other thoughts, Justin, before we wrap this up? Um, you got to be prepared. You never know what pick you're going to get in the snake, and it really, really matters. So adjust, have your preferences, but don't be afraid to take the best player available just because you don't like them either. Absolutely. And I will say from this experience, and like I said, we were podcasting and giving analysis while picking, but use your cue to your advantage because you don't want to be on the clock scouring looking for a player that you might like. In between picks, look through the draft board, look or look through the player pool, add guys that you like on into your queue, and then when you're, it's time to pick, look at who's available. Don't you don't have to automatically take someone in your queue, but look at who's available. Okay, okay, and then let's say you got 15 seconds left, then you're like, okay. I don't see anybody I love. Let me go grab the first guy in my queue. Like use that to your advantage because. I used it here and it, and it really did help me in those later rounds because like you said, Justin, we're, you know, you're taking handcuffs, you're taking high upside guys, you're taking uh, lottery tickets as you call them. So, and you can add those handcuffs, lottery tickets, high upside guys to your queue. And that way you don't miss them when you're, when you're back up against the clock with 10 seconds left, you know, mm -hmm. good points. Do you around. use your queue when you draft Justin or no? Uh, I, I don't, I'm just – it's not because I don't mm -hmm. like it. I'm just not a tech guy. I write stuff down. I have my own ideas. Like, 
I don't like it. I don't write notes on my phone. I don't do any of that. It's just not for me. You're so old school, man. Justin calls me on the phone. Nobody does that anymore these days. He writes stuff down on paper. What are you doing, man? No. I don't know. I'm I saying, love that. Um, Real quick before we go, I just want to point out, I found that matchup against me and you, and Waller dropped 35, and I had Murray. He dropped 44. You had Mahomes. He dropped 36, and you had Hawkinson. He dropped 1.8. See, Hawkinson, I was so mad because he was solid all year. And I was yeah. like, if Hawkins, how much did I lose by? You lost by six points. Oh, my goodness. See, but that in, was... in my defense, you were going to lose that by 12 points by original projections. You know what I mean? That was to that was to go to the championship, too. Yeah. And, what's like, we were is... both like, you're going to win. No, you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. No, what's funny is I beat you a little bit on quarterback. You had Hopkins blow up for 35. I had Adams for 11. It was truly a juggernaut matchup. I think on a normal year, any one of us would have won. We would have won the championship, but it just so happened Gabe had Kamara drop 61. So, so uh, every team that had almost every team that had Kamara won last year, almost yeah, at least uh, the ones that made it to the championship, except your team in Rio. <laughs> but I didn't make it to the championship. I yeah, was you third. didn't. Yeah. You would have won. I, did, I would have won. Yeah. Yeah. But um, just to put that last week of the season, uh, I played, I played Demon and Waller dropped fifty. So this is the power of a tight end. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. So that's why I'm like, I'm not mad grabbing Kelsey or or Waller uh, up there. I'll Kittle does scare me a little bit, but I wanna I wanna answer this guy's question real quick. Yeah. So Samuel uh, Jakobowitz, uh, did you have something you were gonna say real quick? He thinks he has a playoff team as well. Yeah. So. Here's a question from uh, viewer Samuel Jakobowitz. I traded Juju for Michael Thomas because Akers, who was supposed to be my flex, got injured. And I thought that once Thomas comes back, that will make up for it. Wow. Um, I, I personally am okay with this. Like, If I have issues and my beginning of the season is not going to be nice and I'm going to depend on some free agents, I'm going to depend on some trades – I would like to take the short-term loss for the long-term gain, and I do think Michael Thomas is better. I hope you got something on the back end because if you're trading for an injured player, you better ask for a supplement on the back end to make up for that six-week loss that you're about to get, and you're giving up a healthy juju. So I don't hate it, but I I like to know if you got more on the back end. So I would love to see your full roster um, to answer this question, but since we don't have it, if you're start if Cam Akers was going to be in your flex, I'm assuming that your team is pretty stacked because on most teams Cam Akers would be their RB1 or their RB2 if they have if they have an RB1 already. So that's is it looks like your team was pretty stacked. So that being said, if you're trading Juju, he must not be even your top two or three wide receiver. You must have two other wide receiver studs so you can afford to trade Juju and wait for Michael Thomas to come back. Cause we know acres isn't coming back this year. So as long as you have other wide receivers and you don't have to start Juju, I think that's a good move because if MT comes back and even if he's a high end wide receiver too, like you're not mad with that trade at all. I like it. I like it a lot. That's a, yeah. that's a, that's a smart long-term win move. That's not a, you got to adjust. No one wanted Acres to get hurt. I have Acres. I I need to adjust too, but mm -hmm. I like that. That's a good idea. No, I think a lot of us. I 
I you have acres in a dynasty league. I have acres in a keeper league, and it's like that hurt. That hurt he, bad. <laughs> yeah, he said he consolidated his bench a little bit for Ayuk, so that's a that's a huge win right there. I think you did great. That, that was oh, absolutely, awesome. and you know Ayuk has high high upside. So, look, basically, what we're all trying to do every week is put in the best starting lineup. So if you can have the best starting lineup every week, then you're likely going to win your matchups for sure. Thank you for the question. That was fun. I would love to take questions at the end of podcasts like every week. That'd be awesome. Uh, any last thoughts, Justin? Nope. I just need to do more homework because I don't love my draft, but this is an interesting year. Uh, it's very middle heavy. The top is gone to me, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and that's the whole point of mock drafts. Like, do some mock drafts yourselves, watch ours, pay attention to the trends, like, and use that to your advantage. So, when you go into your your drafts, um, you're well prepared because you don't want to go in without any uh, preparation or any idea of how the board could fall. Um, so one last comment from Samuel. My biggest mistake was trading Kelsey for Akers and McLaurin. Uh, so look, before Akers getting hurt, that's a great trade for you, honestly. I would, like, if Akers wasn't hurt, I would do that trade all day, every day, 100 times out of 100. I mean, especially if I had a decent backup tight end, but yeah, there's nothing you can do about injuries though. So it's, it's not really a mistake. Like you didn't know acres was uh, going to get injured, but I would uh, trade Kelsey for those two in a heartbeat. I love that trade. That's like extreme, extreme value right there. So don't be mad. These are winning moves, but you can't control. It's also a trade that like, I mean, obviously the acres McLaurin side is winning if acres is healthy, but the other manager could make an argument is like, look, I'm trading for Travis Kelsey. Like it's Travis. Oh, yeah. Kelsey. You gotta, no, I, I love, you I have to I'm, pay up for him. You know, I think Kelsey's side lost a little bit, but that's a good trade all around, but that's just what trading is all about. For sure. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the first round fantasy podcast. Thank you everybody for joining us in the comments section and uh, watching our video, leaving comments. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you, Justin Morsas, for joining me today. I'm your host, Jacob Bartley. We will be back next week um, to cover any major fantasy news, and um, we'll come up with another cool topic to cover um, then. So we'll see you all next week.